listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Today, I'm going live with a fourth generation physician. His name is Dr. Bill Rolls. He's dedicated his life to medicine, but here's the thing. He shares the revelations that helped him and thousands of others reclaim their lives. That's right. He was diagnosed with Lyme disease and guess what? Everything changed in his quest to regain his health. He was confronted with the limitations of conventional medicine and knew he just had to find his own path to restore the wellness. Now we dive into things like, Hey, Chronic illness is when your cells are stressed, right? And the stress isn't letting up. Your body is talking to you, you guys. If you have any symptoms of anything, that is your body letting you know something on a cellular level is wrong, okay? And then we're diving into herbs and how this could help fix things on a cellular level. That's right. Cleaning up your diet, reading your labels is so important. But did you know that... Herbs can help you in a way that you never thought was possible. That's right. We're not talking about just throwing tons of rosemary on your pizza or sticking in your smoothie, although that'd be a great place to start. We're talking about how all the different types of herbs out there can help you more than you know. So I am excited about this because obviously my audience, it's what we talk about, but I don't know specifically much about specifics of herbs. I know we need to implement more herbs into our life for sure. It's missing from our diet, but like really why, why do we need these herbs? So with that being said, I got a question. How did a conventionally trained physician like yourself, Dr. Rawls, come around to actively promoting herbal therapy? And then what the heck is herbal therapy for everybody listening? Yeah, purely by accident, not intentional, desperation. So I am a traditionally trained physician, medical school, and then residency in obstetrics and gynecology was attracted to that field because it dealt with wellness and promoting wellness, bringing life into the world. It was really spectacular. But at that point in time, 30 years ago, it came with this rigorous night call schedule that you were on call and up every second to third night and every second to third weekend. And I did that for 20 years. And other poor health habits caught up with me and my health crashed completely identified with fibromyalgia first. Later, found I was carrying some of the microbes that are associated with Lyme disease. So, I identified with that, tried antibiotics and the conventional things, got nowhere. And um, now, I've come around to seeing chronic illness in general differently than most physicians and don't necessarily distinguish in the same way that other physicians do between illnesses. But long story short, I couldn't find anything that worked. And I read about a protocol using herbs for Lyme disease, for chronic Lyme disease, 
and embraced it, which included, you know, really taking a leap of faith and literally consuming handfuls of capsules several times a day and started crawling out of the hole. And of course, I changed my health habits. I'd done that. I cleaned up my diet. I gave up the night call. I did all those things. But after a year or more of doing that, I wasn't getting any better. The herbs made this total difference. And I've really spent the past 10 years trying to understand why. And it's taken me to a whole different place of understanding herbs, of understanding chronic illness, everything. So yeah, it changed my life. It was really, looking back, it was a remarkable transformation. That's amazing. I love this story. I can't wait to dive deep in here and talk about this. So I have to say, I have a neighbor of mine and he's a great person. He is a conventional doctor. He does internal medicine. He works specifically with older people. And it's funny because he knows what I do. I'm teaching people about, you know, eating clean and he's doing all the night shifts. He's staying up Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, pulling all nighters. And then I'm watching his wife go to the grocery and they go buy their groceries from Walmart and it's just like great value milk and Sargento cheese and just like the worst of the worst. And he comes over to our house and he's like, you guys, y'all eat this way. Like, do you really feel bad? And he's like, do people, are there really people out there that feel bad? And I'm sitting here going, wait a second, you're a doctor. Don't you notice that you're prescribing people medication all day long? And he's like, yes. And I say, don't you realize like that's not normal? We shouldn't just be, you know, covering up all these symptoms. And so I find it so intriguing that someone like you was trained just like all these doctors are, but here you are realizing that there is a healing factor in food. And specifically you're talking about you know, maybe phytochemicals or herbs. And so I'm curious, do other doctors that you associate yourself with, how do they feel about what you do when they don't really know? I like to say people who see how I eat and how I grocery shop, they call me a freak. They're like, oh, she's buying freak food, right? Or that's kind of (laughs) freaky that you do that. Like, what do people think about you doing this? Yeah, surprisingly, I seem to be attracting more and more healthcare providers of various kinds into this lifestyle. And some people are just never going to change. Yeah. But the thing that I think I have to offer that is different is looking at herbs from more of a Western science point of view. So when I went through this, you know, my first inclination was you need to learn about the herbs in the traditional way. So I studied Mm -hmm. traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, all these traditions. And I realized there's value there, but it's a different system in that it was all observational. So the Chinese observe body fluids, heat, cold, and various kinds of things. And they matched herbs that might affect those things that they observe. But they didn't have any capacity to understand the deeper science at the cellular and molecular level. So when a conventional physician hears that, it's very foreign. Yeah. (laughs) And it was to me, quite frankly. And for me to relate to herbs... I had to understand what was going on, you know, what the herbs were doing Mm -hmm. at that cellular molecular level that made them work, made them unique compared to drugs. 
So that really took me to a different place. Okay, so let's back up. What exactly is an herb and how do they protect us? All right, an herb is a plant, right? Kind of, sort of, because we actually include medicinal mushrooms as herbs too. But the technical definition is an herb is a plant. And we typically define herbs as plants that humans have used for a long time, right? So we have culinary herbs, we have medicinal herbs. Turns out there's not that much difference between the two, but we've been using these things for hundreds and thousands of years. But you can go back even further. So humans, before we started farming, ate a forage food diet, right? For hundreds of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And what they were eating is wild plants. So a lot of the wild berries, leaves, stems, roots that we define as herbs today probably were things that humans consumed. You know, your average foraging human 100,000 years ago, 50,000 years ago, ate more than a variety of 500 different plants. You know, we eat about 12, 14, under 20, (laughs) not very many. Today. Right. And disease is on the rise. Yeah, for sure. So humans, we've been exposed to these things. So herbs are plants that humans have been using, that we have developed a relationship with, that we have found mesh well with human biochemistry, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of plants have great properties, but some of them are foreign to us. They don't match our biochemistry. You know, nobody would make the mistake of eating poison ivy twice, you know, because it doesn't mesh well. So these are things that we naturally find. And as you start studying the plants around you, you find that an awful lot of plants actually have beneficial properties. There aren't that many plants out there that are actually poisonous. So you have to be careful, of course, but a lot of plants are really beneficial to us. So our culinary herbs are herbs that added flavor to food. So we naturally added those in our food. But what they were really for is to decrease spoilage. That was the main reason. And the reason they decrease spoilage is because all plants have antimicrobial properties. They can inhibit microbe growth. The things that were defined as medicinals just didn't taste good to us. So, you know, as we move from that forage food diet to a farm diet, we kept our herbs, many as culinary herbs, but the ones that didn't taste good, we naturally kept as medicinal herbs. But actually, they all have beneficial properties. Okay, good to know. So we're going to dive into some of those. I know you mentioned these were used to decrease spoilage. And I just want to bring up the fact that what has become normalized in our food to decrease spoilage is actually preservatives, often artificial preservatives, right? These are often these ingredients that I say, hey, if you don't recognize an ingredient, neither does your body. And so here, Dr. Rawls, you're talking about going back to the basics. Like America is sick. Our food is toxic. We're missing so many different things. And so being aware of how food was made, how food was consumed is super important. So what exactly, like how does the intake of herbs actually help us and how are they different from vitamins, nutrients, and antioxidants? Okay. All right. We'll cover that one. To figure something out, your first, you ask that question, why? Yeah. Why do plants have all these chemicals? And they have them to protect the plant, specifically to protect the plant's cells. 
So all plants produce a wide range of chemical substances that we call phytochemicals, plant chemicals, that are there specifically for the purpose of protecting the plant cells from free radicals, from radiation, from toxic substances, but especially from microbes, viruses, bacteria, protozoa, everything. Mm -hmm. So all plants are doing that. So it's not just a random collection of chemicals, though. It's hundreds, thousands of chemicals. You know, so there's a lot of stuff in there, but it's not a random collection. This is the plant's defense system. It's kind of like our immune system. So plants solve problems with chemicals. So they are whatever stresses are in that plant's natural environment, it's counteracting those stresses with chemicals. Okay. So there's another component to it also, though. Plants are multicellular organisms like we are, right? So all the cells in the plant have to be coordinated. All these functions have to be coordinated. So plants are producing a lot of chemical messengers that regulate cellular functions and allow cells within the plant to talk to one another. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of living organisms use those same chemical messengers. So in us, we call them hormones and neurotransmitters. So many of the plant's hormones and neurotransmitters are much like ours. So when we take certain plants that we define as herbs, they can have a balancing effect on our hormones and chemical messengers in our body. They help us become more resilient to stress. So that's a big thing. When we take an herb, we're taking in the plant's defense system and its regulatory system. So our cells, which are constantly being bombarded with free radicals, chemical toxins, all this stuff, benefit from that extra protection, which is really cool when you think about it. So yes, we have antioxidants and our, and our immune system and all these things that protect us. But man, our cells are just getting walloped all the time, especially in the modern world where we've got all these unnatural toxins and microbes coming at us and all this stuff. That phytochemistry of the plant gives our protection a boost. It enhances it. And those regulatory systems of the plant can help balance hormones. Now, different plants have different stress factors depending on their natural environment. So different plants have a different chemical makeup. So when we take different herbs, we get a slightly different effect. So some plants have chemical messengers that actually have some drug-like actions. In fact, a lot of our drugs actually come from plants. Mm -hmm. But those aren't typically the things that we would use on a daily basis just to protect our health. So we want plants, we want herbs that have predominantly have this protective effect to our cells and a hormone balancing effect. And that can make us more resilient. So some cell herbs are maybe a little better protecting liver cells. Some are good for protecting brain cells, some more for heart cells. So it's a whole different way of looking at things. So compared to a drug, a drug is a single bioactive substance that has a very targeted effect of, you know, turning off or turning on something in the body to stop a symptom chiefly. Mm -hmm. The herbs aren't working that way. What they're doing is protecting our cells. And when you get right down to it, 
our health is very dependent on the health of our cells. We are creatures made of cells. So when you protect the cells in the body, you become more resilient. You increase your health. Now, comparing herbs to nutrients like vitamins or minerals. Yeah. So nutrients are things that cells need to function. All right. Cells, all of our cells have a job. Our thyroid cells pump out thyroid hormone. Our muscle cells contract and make our heart and muscles connect work. Our brain cells send out impulses. So all cells have a job and they need nutrients, raw materials to make stuff, to do the things, to allow them to do their job. So cells need nutrients. Cells need nutrients like carbohydrates and fats to generate energy. Cells need amino acids to, make, to build proteins. Cells need other kinds of things just to do, to, you know, to run the machinery of the cell. So all cells need nutrients, but they only need so many nutrients. And those things best come from our diet. You can supply them as supplements, but, you know, dumping a lot of nutrients in all at one time yeah, isn't going to necessarily give your cells all, everything they need when they need it. So mm-hmm. herbs are non-nutritive. They're not supplying carbohydrates, fats. They're not good sources of amino acids. They don't supply nutrients or minerals in significant amount. They're purely protective and regulatory. All right. So the interesting thing about that is when our cells are stressed, when we're not sleeping well, not eating a good diet, doing all the things that we do in modern life, our cells have to work harder. They need more nutrients. That demand goes up. So eating a good diet, possibly taking some supplements can be important. But interestingly, if you look at the herbs and how they protect cells, When you protect cells from stress, you don't have to work as hard. So nutrient demand goes down. So even though herbs don't supply nutrients, they help decrease nutrient demand in our cells because they reduce cellular stress. Sounds like such a missing ingredient in today's diet, right? It is. It's one of the big ones. Yeah. So I'm so intrigued because I know I want to dive into this personally for me afterwards, but for someone listening, how do they know, okay, I need to take action and start implementing herbs and how do they even get started with herbs? Yeah. You know, that's the big mission of what I'm trying to do is really help people understand that we could all benefit from taking certain herbs every day. Mm-hmm. And this does this mean like they have to eat rosemary all day or is it come in a supplement? Like we need to talk about that too. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, this extra phytochemistry I think is really important because if you look at the biggest deficiency in our food, it's phytochemicals, mm-hmm. even if you're eating a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, when you look at our food plants, even our healthy food plants, Broccoli, celery, cabbage, organic broccoli, celery, cabbage, squash, all of these things, they have phytochemicals, but they don't have the abundance of phytochemicals that you would find in their wild ancestors. And the reason is because wild plants that are under stress optimize their protection. So they're producing a lot of the phytochemicals. When you look at our food plants, we do everything we can to de-stress these plants 
and we've cultivated them to produce calories instead of phytochemicals. So even our healthiest plants don't have the phytochemical concentrations that their ancient ancestors did. Quick question. So often the plants we're consuming today, it sounds like because of its farming practice, potentially is that plant more harmful than beneficial? Oh, no, we need it for the nutrients, all right? Like I said, wild plants were really poor sources of nutrients, all right? So ancient foraging humans had to eat a ton of food just to get enough calories and nutrients to survive because wild Uh plants aren't a very good source of those kinds of things, Okay. all right? Got it. But that's natural. They were getting tons of phytochemicals with the nutrients they were getting. They were also getting Mm -hmm. tons of beneficial fiber. So ancient humans in most like locations on earth ate about two thirds plant matter and they were getting all this great fiber and phytochemistry, but not much calories. Mm -hmm. So they did have to eat a lot of it to survive. So one of the things of farming was we could up the calorie yield. But another thing we did is we found that grain and beans, seeds were absolutely loaded with calories. So seeds, grain and beans, uh, corn and wheat also are loaded with uh, chemicals called lectins, which can irritate the gut. So they have to be prepared. And so for a long time, humans really didn't eat grains or beans. So it was only about 10,000 years ago that we started doing that on a regular basis. But when you look at that phytochemical content, it is the very lowest in the grain you find most of the protective phytochemicals in the stems and leaves and roots of the plant, but not much in the seeds comparatively. You find them in berries. You know, berries have a lot of it, but that's not the actual seed, right? The berry is just the temptation with a little bit of sweet to get an animal to eat it and carry it away and and propagate the plant for it. But even, you know, the wild berries had a lot more phytochemicals than our cultivated foods because we've cultivated things to yield calories predominantly. And we grow things under very carefully controlled conditions so that it will increase the yield. So we've trained our plants not to protect themselves, to spend their energy in producing calories and food and nutrients, which is a good thing. It's easier for us in a lot of ways, but we're missing out on something there. We're not getting that robust protective phytochemistry that we used to. It's not to say we shouldn't be eating celery and broccoli and cabbage and all of these things. They have a lot of great phytochemicals that, you know, we could go through each one of those vegetables and talk about its wonderful merits. But people aren't eating high concentrations of vegetables. They're mainly eating grain and meat Mm -hmm. and they're not getting any phytochemistry. Mm -hmm. Great. You know, we're really missing out on that. I know. You're saying grain, meats, even beans. Everybody's putting beans on top of everything. So somebody once told me that America is caloric sufficient, right? But we're nutrient deficient. And it's like, you have to take a step back and look at what has the food industry become and why are we in this situation that we're in? And so everyone listening and everyone I know, especially in America, the world could benefit from taking herbs. But where's the best place to start doing that? Is it safe to take on a daily basis? 
Yeah, well, there are a lot of ways you can do it. But what I would make a case for is doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm 65 now. I thought I had totally lost my health forever at age 50. I've been taking herbs now for 15 years every single day, pretty significant quantities. And, um, man, I'm doing everything I want to in life. And it's great. I'm aging, but I'm aging without debilitating symptoms. Absolutely. My diet, all of those things made a difference, but my knees were shot from arthritis 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're fine now. You know, that's super cool. It all came back. It's amazing what your body can do and how resilient it is if it takes care of it. Now, certainly, I'm not knocking diet. I think it's very, very important. I'm very particular. My golden rule is trying to eat at least half of my food as vegetables every single day. But the herbs add something that is just really hard to get in our food. Making it easy is an issue. And, you know, there are different preparations that you can do. I guess in an ideal world, we'd all grow a large assortment of herbs in our backyard and we would eat them every day. But most of us don't live in locations where you can do that year round. And it's really hard to consistently grow a wide range of things, keep everything going. And it's quite frankly, a lot of work to process it. So this is where I think, you know, commercialization can help us out a little bit. We do live in a world where herbs are commercially available more than they have been in the history of humans. So we live in a perfect world. You know, it's just crazy that 60% of our population is unhealthy because food is more available than it's ever been in the history of humans. I mean, you can get fresh food year-round. That was rare. 1900, you would eat beans and salt ham and whatever vegetables might come in season for a very short period of time in the summer. Now we can get things year-round. It's wonderful. But we can also get herbs. And the commercial preparations are pretty darn good in extracting this phytochemistry from the plant and putting it in either in a tincture form or a capsule form that we can use in various different ways. So as I mentioned, some herbs taste good and they can be added to food, but also smoothies. You know, you can get powders, medicinal mushroom powders like a lion's mane and and reishi and various kinds of things. But some herbs are just very, very bitter. So taking them in a capsule just makes it very, very easy. Getting good quality products is an issue. It's uh, good to find a company that has a good reputation and work with that company so that you end up getting good products that you can trust. And the key to that is testing, having the product tested over and over to make sure that it does not have chemical impurities or contaminants or heavy metals, that sort of thing. Yeah, because anyone can put a product out there, right? As far as supplements. Yeah, you know, that's, um, and, you know, there is a lot of substandard products out there. There's no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. But there are as many good companies as there are bad. And I think as people find a reputable company, and really it's getting to know the company through reading the website, looking at their products. Yeah. Reading the labels. Yeah. Supplement labels really matter. We can talk about some of that too, if you like. 
Well, I'm curious. I know you have um, your cellular wellness solutions book, right? And I knew you guys, I think somebody on your team was sending me a copy of that. I wanted to read that. Does that help someone identify if their cells are well and help them take action? That is simpler than you think. You know, we're, we're in a test and treat world, right? Yeah. But uh, your body is always talking to you, right? Yep. So your body is made of cells. Everything that happens in your body is a function of cellular actions. Mm-hmm. So everything, we are totally cellular. We have trillions of cells, several hundred kinds of cells doing all these jobs. And when all your cells are working together, when your cells are healthy and they're all working in synchrony, you feel great. When things start to break down and cells are stressed for one reason or another, that is when you start noticing symptoms. So these things that we hear about, symptoms, healing, all of these terms that seem very nebulous, you can bring it down and talk about it in terms of cellular health, and it makes it much more concrete. So specifically, what a symptom is, is when cells are stressed or injured. It's like if you step wrong, twist your ankle, you damage cells and tissues in your ankle. And when that happens, the cells release substances that activate nerves that tell your brain that something's wrong. You feel it as pain. But you also lose those functions. So your ankle doesn't work as well. So any symptom that you might have, whether it's a headache, whether a chest pain in somebody with a blocked coronary artery, a sore joint, anything is a function of cells being stressed or injured. Now, everybody knows that through life, symptoms come and go all the time. So symptoms spontaneously resolve, right? So we call that process healing. So very specifically, what healing is is the ability of cells to recover from being stressed. Mm -hmm. So all cells can repair internal damage or regenerate new cells. So when you step on that ankle wrong, if you use crutches for a while, then your cells will gradually repair that and you'll get well and you'll be able to walk on that ankle again. So as long as the damage hasn't been catastrophic, like a blocked coronary artery that kills off, you know, half of your heart muscle, your cells can recover and regenerate. And that is one of the really fantastic ways of thinking about uh, illness from that cellular point of view is just changing the conversation. So when you look at chronic illnesses from a cellular point of view, That is when the stresses are ongoing and your cells aren't recovering. If your cells don't get a break, you know, if you don't walk on crutches, if you just keep walking on a bad ankle, it's never going to get well. Well, that's what chronic illness is. Mm -hmm. So if you have chronic symptoms of any kind, it means that you have ongoing stresses in your body that are stressing your cells and the stress isn't letting up. So your body's talking to you. And people, we ignore these signals. We're not listening. But it is more sensitive than any lab you can get. Your body is constantly telling you what's going on. So that's the time to start asking those questions. What's stressing my cells? When you ask that question, really, there are only five categories of things. It's what we eat, how we nourish ourselves, what kind of toxins we're exposed to. 
mental stress, which dysregulates it. It messes up cellular communications and sleep. Cells have to have downtime to recover. We have to have sleep. Physical factors like trauma, but also being sedentary. Exercise is important because it moves blood and that washes away toxic waste that builds up around cells. Really important. And then there's that last factor, microbes. And it turns out that we're all exposed to microbes and collect microbes as we go through life. And many of them end up dormant in our tissues. So all of these things contribute to that chronic stress that ends up being chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So when you change your diet, when you take more time to sleep, when you take steps to detoxify your life, when you get out and just stay active, just a couple of miles a day can really make a difference in walking. That changes your cellular health and that can promote wellness. Mm -hmm. But herbs help in every single one of those categories. So any efforts you make, the herbs are going to enhance that exponentially. Okay. And is that where Vital Plan comes in? Is that kind of products? Is that herbal products? Well, that, you know, it, um, through my journey, when I was trying to figure all of this out, yeah. as I learned things, I applied them to my medical practice. And by then, I had uh, converted, I'd stopped doing obstetrics, and I was doing more of a general wellness practice. Mm -hmm. So everything I learned, I started using in my practice and started um, promoting to my my patients. And I found, though, that it was really hard to find the combinations of products that met this new model of herbal medicine and also the quality that I wanted. So I started having products made to my specifications that I could control the quality and define what was, you know, which herbs were in it, looking at it more from this new approach that I was thinking than some of the traditional approaches. And that grew into a company that we have had for some time. And it is the standard that we follow. And really looking at the use of herbs in a different way of promoting cellular health rather than just, you know, trying to use them like drugs, which really isn't the best way to use herbs. Okay. So I'm checking out like the daily herbal supplement, for example, and it looks like it has a blend of those natural phytochemicals, correct? So right. this is what one needs in their diet, and this is a way to be able to implement it. Is that correct? This is a way to, to add additional coverage. Now, there are a lot of herbs out there that you could use. So these are just some of my favorites. I see. And the goal with this particular combination is covering all the different types of cells in the body, covering the heart, covering the brain, covering the liver, covering joints. So all herbs have some common characteristics of protecting cells. Mm -hmm. They each have their unique flavor of how they might protect one group of cells or do one thing a little bit better differently than another herb. So um, I combined them to get that total body coverage, but at the same time, use herbs that didn't have a high potential for causing harm you know, that have low risk of causing side effects, adverse reactions, and very specifically did not have contain chemicals that had a drug-like reaction. So, you know, basically it, taking them would be like taking a really good diet. 
So it's not true of all herbs. You know, we use some herbs like St. John's wort because they have phytochemicals that have a physiologic effect. You know, they have some drug-like actions. So for things that you'd want to take on a daily basis, you don't want that. You don't really want to feel them in a drug-like way. And people notice them just in the way they feel after taking it several weeks or several months. Okay. So what are the three, how would you take... How can someone listening take action in order to, you know, start taking herbs? Which ones do they start with? What are the steps? Is it going to the grocery? Is it growing in their own yard? Is it getting these supplements? Well, can be all of the above. You know, start with really good food. Okay. But supplementing diet with herbal phytochemicals, generally products. And what I find is what you're going to find in a grocery store just isn't going to match the quality that you would really be looking for. Mm -hmm. What they're using there are whole herb products. You know, if you get the capsules, like, so there, there are three main commercial preparations. So one is a whole herb product that they basically take the herb, the whole plant, they dry it, they crush it up into a powder and put it in a capsule. What you're getting there is a lot of fiber and not much phytochemical. The next way to get it is what's called an extract. So they take the plant, soak it in in an extraction media like water and alcohol that pulls the chemistry out and then they throw the plant parts away. So it's just pure chemicals in the water and alcohol. So that's a nice way. And that's called a tincture. The downside of a tincture is you do get some alcohol and some of the herbs can be really bitter. And frankly, you have to take a fair amount of it to get a significant benefit. So the third option and the third option that we use is what's called a standardized powdered extract. That they basically take that water alcohol tincture, spray it on a surface, dry off the water and alcohol and collect the powder. So it's super concentrated. So in one capsule, you're getting, you know, what you would get in several teaspoons of a tincture. So that's a primary way that I use herbs is that those uh, those powdered extracts, because it's a way to get a high concentration of these robust phytochemicals. And again, you look at the amount of stuff that some one of our ancient ancestors ate, the amount of phytochemistry they were getting. That's what it takes to really supplement in our modern diet. And it's a practical way to get what we've lost without having to go out and forage in nature, which is an all-day affair and hard to do in our day and time. Absolutely. Okay. So for everybody listening, you can go get your vital plan, right? A free personalized supplement recommendation. Is that correct? Correct. At vitalplan.com. When we get off, I'm going to go do this myself because my husband and I, we take a few things for um, supplements and I, I want to going to dip my toes in here and check it out. And then you also have your book, The Cellular Wellness Solution. You can go ahead and grab that on Amazon. I love it. This has been such an informative conversation, Dr. Rawls. And I know that we could go into uh, so many things of, you know, what are the benefits of each plant? But you guys just wake up, read the labels, understand this is what's missing from our diet. And also a good diet is good. But another thing that we're missing that's often overlooked is the herb. And if you're curious where to start, again, go to Vital Plan. You can follow Dr. Rawls all on social media. Um, it looks like at Vital Plan. Is that correct? That's it. Yep. 
So exciting. Well, thank you so much. I've enjoyed our conversation and I can't wait to check out your um, products. Been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Hold up. 